0: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inside Why We Love Star Wars. I'm Ken Knapsack, here to go inside my book on Star Wars. Here we got right here. I'm branded to the Hi heavens! If you're watching this on YouTube, we also release this on the Knapsack Files podcast feed as a separate audio experience. But you have me right now talking about this book, and and this is uh, we actually stopped this series for a while. I was looking at a bunch of uh, the essays in the book at at a time, grouping three or four together, giving you behind the scenes stories, some thoughts, and looking back on these essays because I wrote this book before the Mandalorian came out. Before Rise of Skywalker came out, and uh, obviously a lot more things gonna come our way. Um, so I want to look back, and 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 even I want to see were thoughts I had about big moments changed at all by information that has come out later, or do they connect in some magical force led way, or you know, does it just make it not make a difference at all? But. We're going to dive in one essay at a time now, as it uh, just makes a, se- a series a little more palatable for me and my schedule. But this is made possible my, by all my uh, fine folks and supporters at, at patreon.com slash Ken They have uh, exclusive uh, question uh, rights. That sounds very official. Exclusive question rights. Now, they get to ask me questions about the essays, and uh, that helps me uh, in this episode, kind of break down what I was trying to accomplish. So we are going to go uh, today to... First of all, shout out to Sean Arnold for uh, this music called uh, Mando vs. Mad Max. Just uh, I just love that, man. It does give me a Mando vibe. Uh, today we're going to be covering essay number 93, A Scoundrel's Shrug, Han Solo Casually Derails the Empire. And uh, here's the... Here's the story on this one, I guess. I uh, I wrote I, I I came up with a list of about 50 Why I Love Star Wars moments early on in the writing process. It was based off a podcast Spotlight Star Wars episode I, I had done over on Force Center. And Han Solo shrug was on the list. And this is when the idea originally was conceived. Uh, it, w- it was not called uh, Why We Love Star Wars. It was like 101 Reasons to Love Star Wars or some one of those kind of numbered titles. People love numbered titles. It's good for the SEO. It's good for the research. looks good on a shelf. Uh, fortunately, Mango Publishing uh, w- went against my thoughts and, and maybe even desires and, and, and changed it to Why We Love Star Wars, which I've always said. At, at first, I was like, it's like a good band name. I was like, I don't know. But yeah, that actually is perfect. Han Solo shrug. Is a perfect example to me of why I love Star Wars, and it's down on a micro level. It is the shrug, the shrug that uh, is so Han, it's so Harrison. And it's as a kid seeing Return of the Jedi in the theaters, just one of the moments that always stuck out with me. I've loved this my entire life. But I wanted to challenge myself here as the writing process went on. It's like, let's find out what's really there. Some of the stories, some of the essays in, in this book would be and are from the perspective of seven-year-old Kenny watching Return of the Jedi in the theater. And this one, I maybe, I think I was going to try that. I was going to try to tell the tale from Ken growing up. A Han Solo fan, which I always joke, I, I mention probably too many times in the book. Uh, hey, Han Solo's my guy, or I'm a Han Solo fan. The essays were kind of meant to, written and kind of, they're meant to be digest almost individually. So I sometimes repeat themes just so in case you jump in at the right time. But even on that, even on that, the Han Solo one, I was like, okay, Ken, stop telling people Han Solo's your favorite guy. They know. But he was. And I grew up with a certain view of him. And, and on Force Center, uh, we have taken deep dives into how my appreciation for Han Solo started in one place but has gone to a deeper and more important level. And I didn't even plan it. It just kind of happened. It just – the force guided me all the way to Han. But this is about that moment – um, as a kid, but I, I, I didn't want to go into uh, this essay approaching as a kid. I wanted to explain why, why it's important and why there's meaning there. Uh, first, as we always, part of this uh, series here why, inside Why We Love Star Wars is to cover some mistakes, um, choices I made as, a, as an author, as a writer that I don't know if I'd make now. Uh, it's hard to go back. It's hard for me just to pick up this book and even read uh, that, that little essay. It, it's hard. I cringe. And any creative worth their weight in feathers uh, would cringe too. And Rife right and Start, we start out strong. I like it. I like my first paragraph. Then we go to a little sentence, a little, uh, little uh, slug paragraph down the next there. And that's where the first typo comes in. And here's the thing. I, I, and then, uh, so the line reads, and then sometimes he just really funny. I mean, I guess if you read it fast, it works. Here's the thing, and this isn't a call out of anyone at Mango Publishing. They did have two copy editors on the process. I did my own copy editing it as well, and probably should have hired a fourth person. These things slip up. They slip through. A lot of times they might run a program, and this sentence doesn't make any sense, but it's if you read it just fast enough, it makes perfect sense. But this keeps me up at night. The audiobook version of Why We Love Star Wars, uh, I get to make these corrections, and that's why I always say check out that version. If these little grammar and, and typos uh, mistakes uh, bother you on any level because they bothered me, uh, but it's happened. It happens a lot. I, but I always feel I know it's it's, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, self-loathing for me to just put a spotlight on it. Uh, most people are going to read that and just in your mind just automatically inserts. I have a unique and uncanny ability: emails, text messages, uh, Discord posts, to always just leave out the little tiny. Little words and phrases that are needed to make a complete sentence, but my mind just boom zips past them, and that's why writers, authors uh, need copy editors, and and sometimes uh, they slip through. I got to live with it, but it drives me crazy. (laughs) That is in this book. Um, So, like I said, this essay was. Early in the writing process, it was selected, the subject was selected early in the writing process. And then uh, I wrote in order, generally. I'd write in sections, i jump around occasionally, go back to things, obviously, do a rewrite session, uh, turn turn in those sections every uh, two weeks to my fine editor, Hugo, over at Mango Publishing. But this itself was very early in the process. The first 10 essays were written very fast. Like I got a big leg up on it and I, I got a little cocky and I thought I'd be finished with this book. I'm going to be finished in no time. And it went down to the wire. We actually even had to kind of push it. So that's a lesson. If you're writing, if you're out there working on something yourself, it's don't get cocky kid. Don't get cocky. Uh, you got to roll up your sleeves and just rework and rework and rework. And I think this being on my list early, cause it was, I, I could ramble about this moment on a podcast pretty easy, but tr- It was a challenge. It ended up being more of a challenge than I expected to turn just this little shrug from Han, this little shrug from Han Solo and turn it into uh, more than one paragraph. And there was a time in me watching Star Wars and appreciating Star Wars and always loving Star Wars, there was a time that I would have never seen this shrug as as more than a shrug. But we do take a uh, deep dive into what it means and what it does mean to me um, not to give away all, all of the meal here. Uh, I do want, if you haven't read the book, check it out. But it is uh, it is a shrug that says this shouldn't have worked. And, and he's right. Han's right. The mighty empire shouldn't have lost that day. They had the rebels trapped in space. They had them routed on the ground. The Ewoks were fierce, would have eventually fallen back against the might of technology. The empire should have been victorious. But one officer fell for a silly plan. And I and, and, and discuss her a little bit towards the end of the essay. And it's a shorter essay. I think if I if I was writing this one now, this not just the book again, but if I was writing this particular essay, I, I have a lot more to say about um, what the shrug really means. This I was just trying to capture the feeling. But that that empire, uh, excuse me, the imperial officer that made the decision to, you know, three send three squads, open up the back door, the same back door that everyone's been fighting over for the last uh, couple hours in the battle, just, uh, open it up. It's a silly mistake. He got outsmarted by Han, who gets in the ATSD and and calls for this help. But I got to tell you what it symbols. We always look for, especially over on Force Center, we look for the why of these moments. And the why of the shrug isn't just to me, hey, I'm Han, and this is what happens. I just fly by the seat of my pants and and things work. It to me really is saying, yeah, none of this should have worked. But the problem is, You never suspected what I could do. You never suspected what I could sneak in past you. And you never suspected the Ewoks putting up a fight. And you never, never thought highly of this pitiful little rebellion. But here we are. And you all got toppled because one man's arrogance. That's why we're here. Sorry, Shrug. We just toppled your empire. And to me, once that kind of clicked in and watching the moment over and over and over again. Then it became really fun to write. Then it became really fun to explore the idea. All these things, all these themes and lessons, they exist in the frames of Star Wars. And sometimes I always say they just sing by themselves and they sing to the greater song, they connect to the greater song of Star Wars, even beyond sometimes the creator's uh, intentions, to put them there. But this this works. That's what this is. And we have... Um, we have a, a question here from uh, Chris on Patreon. I can bring that up here if you're watching on YouTube, but I'll read it for those listening on the podcast. Chris Jones writes on my Patreon page: Chapter twenty-three now has the added piquancy of a kind of echo in the rise of Skywalker, uh, the turning of the tide/slash reversal of fortune, and the solo shrug. Quote, unquote your description of the dumb luck the audacity or stup- stupidity is powerful oh thanks Chris is Kylo's carth- uh, 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 cathartic I can read I can I can write I can't read <laughs> cathartic memory of his father and forgiveness from him enough to earn the echo of that scoundrel shrug all right yeah. So there, there we go. And Rise of Skywalker became uh, a little bit of an internet sensation to do the Ben Solo, Han Solo shrug. Uh, I love that. I love the people having fun with it, uh, joking with it, and, and doing uh, the videos that kind of went viral and just kind of that craze that, that uh, crept up for a little bit of just, just that shrug. So Chris's question is, does, does Ben Solo, he does it. He does it to be like his father. Adam Driver chooses in that moment and, and, and the team, JJ and the team, to, to put it in there, to, to mimic um, Harrison Ford. But is it just that? Is it an homage? Is it an ode? No, I I, I think he does earn it. I, does, I, I do think he earns the emotional canon connection of that shrug, Chris. Ben Solo's basically saying in that moment to his buddies, his old pals in the Knights of Ren, yeah. You had me defeated. I had no lightsaber. You were going to win. The Emperor was going to win. You all here thought we are going to win. But you didn't suspect in all of your infinite power, your unlimited power, if you will, all of your Sith wisdom and all your evil ways, motivated by power and greed, as I once was too, or motivated by trying to be something you're not. You never... You never suspected that 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 girl out there, that scavenger that we all looked down upon, you never suspected that she would choose to stand against hate, that she would not give in to it. And that our connection, especially for the emperor, our connection was way more powerful than anyone could have imagined on paper. But it was all clear, it was all there, it was happening in front of you, you, you just didn't see it. And now, oopsie, I got a lightsaber, and I'm going to topple all of you. I think the connection is there, and it's and it's interesting because, again, this was written before Rise of Skywalker. Ah, this isn't some great, great prediction. I didn't, I didn't put in here, oh, and then I bet his son does it too. No. But these are those themes. These are the notes of the greater song that are played in all these stories. It is the son of Han Solo. It's not Kylo in that moment, as we know. It is Ben. And Adam Driver all through all through this, particularly in Rise of Skywalker, pointing the finger, making choices, doing things like Han, shooting behind the back, a call back to Harrison Ford and Force Awakens. It was all there and it's all fun. It's absolutely all fun. But the real song being played, the thing you have to tune into is those those connections and those meanings. And I think absolutely, Chris, I think it's earned there. So great stuff. Great stuff there, Chris. Uh, I love that, love that connection, and I love you picking up on it there. Um, it's interesting too. In this essay, I do talk about Han's death. I make it kind of a joke. I talk about his never tell me the odds. Uh, the, the that aspect of his character, uh, and it can be. I say it can be argued that his luck only truly ran out once on that catwalk inside Star Killer Base as he stood before his son, and I cut myself off. Now we know more. Uh, the, 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 Han, the, the memory of Han that haunts Kylo but then ends up redeeming him or redeeming Ben in Rise of Skywalker is, I think, my favorite moment in that film, uh, a film that has many moments that I love. But I think, I think that moment just moves me on so many levels because I am this Han Solo mark. I just love him, and I've grown up with him. And now as I find myself a little older, a little more grumpier, definitely more grayer, I look at Han, and I look at his unique ability to run away from things he knows he needs to stick around for. Uh, and, and that journey, that journey, that 40-plus-year that journey, longer really in story, but about 40 years for us in, in, in the fandom, that journey of wanting and needing to be something, taking on the mantle of Han Solo, and wanting to go live this life, a life that will get you out of where you were, a, a life that maybe will get you back to the girl that you loved, a life that will get you the ship that you covet. It's all on the surface for Han, but he connects to that. He can't see He can't see where that might lead him. He just wants to try, fly by the sea of the pants, never tell him the odds. But at the end of every day and probably at the end of every night, he is a good person. Kiris sees that. She doesn't just see it in the movie. She sees it in Most Wanted, the novel by Ray Carson. I, I write about that in the book. She knows who he is. He is a good person. He's not a heart of gold. It's not just simply as simple as that. He, he's, he's this great person, good person, good-hearted person, good-natured person. But he's always a conflict with himself, and he always runs away. Force Awakens is about, his death is about him completing his mission. Leia says you see our son, bring him home. He goes to do that. Well, he goes to do other things, as Han does. He completes the surface mission and has charges and says, let's go help our friends. He can't turn away from that. And in doing so, runs into Kylo Ren, and this time with Leia's words echoing in his mind, he goes to complete what would end up being his final mission, bring our son home. Han Solo turns towards what he knows he must do, because inherently he is good. Even though his instincts were to run, his instincts were to go live for another day, his instincts, as we see earlier in Takodana, when he sees Kylo carrying Rey away, eh, yeah, I don't want to get involved. He sticks around and he dies. And I've said before, and I've said in other places, as a Han Solo fan all my life, his death, I saw coming. Eh, a lot of people did, just... We couldn't imagine Harrison was going to come back for three more films. And then I, in the moment, saw it coming, and I was stuck on the surface of it. He uh, was listening to my Force Center podcast uh, uh, co-producer and partner, uh, Joseph Grimshaw, talking about what it meant, the things I'm just saying to you. I missed. And it was calling into a Jedi Alliance episode with Joseph and Mark Donica, breaking down Force Awakens after we all had just seen it, is is what Joseph kind of said. Well, here's what I see about... Leia and Han's final mission, and it started to click in. And that moment, I started to grow with the Han Solo character. And that is what I really wanted this essay to accomplish. Seven-year-old little Kenny, seeing Return of the Jedi, loves Han's shrug. And I'd do it on the playground. I'd use it uh, as an inside joke between friends. But now I see that son, and I see his death, and I see what happens in Rise of Skywalker, and I see that that Han Solo puts his hand... Up to Kylo's cheek, it's a, it's an act of compassion that sh- ends up saving the galaxy. And he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, he should have been doing it. No one expects this little scrum rat uh, coming up from the streets of Krolia to do something big, to do something bold, and do something that, in the end, saves the galaxy. It saves his son. It's an act of compassion that leads to the big final sea change there, and and it all connects. It all connects, and that's what I wanted this essay to be about. I wanted it to be about little 7-year-old Kenny seeing something he loves and growing up with Star Wars and maturing with Star Wars and seeing something new and seeing something different, but seeing the real big themes and emotions that are there. So, there you go. That is number 93, A Scoundrel's Shrug. Han Solo casually derails... The Empire. Hope you enjoyed the inside scoop of that essay. Of course, if you want to pick up the book yourself, you can head on over to uh, catnapstock.com. You can link to where to get it on Amazon, IndieBound, Target.com, a lot of other places. You can go into a local bookstore when you can. Go safely. Wear a mask all the time. That's right. I recorded this during the, the lockdown. Uh, you can ask for the book if it's not on shelves there, too. There's the audiobook version as well. In fact, you can use the 4 Center promo, audibletrial.com slash Center, and try the book on us there if you want. So uh, we'll move on uh, in the series. We'll look at uh, essay number 92. I'll tell you the inside uh, scoop, inside tales, and, and hopefully have just, you know, one less typo. That typo, one. It's just one. Just one in the essay. God it, keeps me up hey if you are watching this uh in uh, the time that i released it because you could be watching this much later on october 10th 2020 mark riley will be presenting his riley's cantina live and it's a live stream event from el Sid. you can go get tickets at ticketweb.com or go to canapsuck.com and link uh from there to the spot to buy the tickets, to Star Wars comedy and variety hour special guests, uh, and afterwards, if you get the VIP tickets, which includes uh, exclusive merchandise, you will be in a exclusive Q and A. A lot of ex- exclusives. We gotta love uh, you. Gotta love that word, exclusive. All right, we're on uh, on the way out of here. I appreciate y'all uh, paying attention uh, to this little uh, little session of uh, Kenny looks back on his essay. With one eye closed, hoping it's not too bad. All right. We'll see you next time here on Inside Why We Love Star Wars. Why We Love Star Wars by Ken Napsok is a collection of little love letters to the greatest saga ever told, and a personalized copy can be yours today. Just go to KenNapsack.com and choose the Shop tab. There, you'll find options to purchase exclusive poster art designed by movie trivia Schmodown star Janine Bryce, a signed copy of Why We Love Star Wars, and collector Knapsock file cards. Already have a copy of the book but still want an author signature? Then check out the bookplate package. Get a signed bookplate sticker and a 3D-printed keychain sent straight to your spaceship. Go to KenNapsack.com for pricing and shipping information.